May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We started recording some of the sermons here, so I listened a little bit to your sermon last Sunday, Jeff, and you commented that there were four cracking readings. A minor thing replies to every week, but actually, it's something I was reflecting on with someone else during the week, how in the church in Wales... We have a habit of not leaving the readings out. In the Church of England, quite often, we've got four readings. Well, let's miss out the psalm, so we've only got three. Then let's miss out the Old Testament as well, so we don't have that one either. And maybe, well, we're in a bit of a rush because, you know, the football's on a bit later. So let's leave out the epistle as well, and let's shorten the gospel down for as little as possible. In the Church in Wales... I've reflected with another priest who moved over the border, how the church in Wales has all these readings most of the time. We're not cutting them out. And that is such a joy. But also, within the liturgy, too, there is so much use of Scripture. We may not think about it, we may take it for granted, but there it is throughout the Red Book, throughout the order of service. Because, well, where does our liturgy come from? If not the Bible. It's not just been invented randomly by someone. It's there from the scriptures forming it. I'm reflecting and thinking about what to preach on this Sunday. I saw a friend of mine in the US post on Facebook. If this Sunday you are not preaching on the prayer of humble access, he said, you're not a friend of Jesus. That's a fairly harsh thing to say in some ways. If you're not preaching on the prayer of humble access, you're not a friend of Jesus. Who knows what the prayer of humble access is? We do not presume to come to this thy table, merciful Lord. A prayer that many people have grown up with. A prayer that came in on the 1662 prayer book, which predates most of us, all of us, I imagine, and has continued as an option throughout the Anglican liturgy ever since. It's in the Green Book, it's in the Red Book. Admittedly, having not come up from a tradition of using it, it's, it's rarely used in a Eucharist that I celebrate, I admit. Partly because being ordained in the Church of England is in a really weird position. Just before receiving communion, in the Church in Wales, Following the 1662 Book of Common Prayer, it's before we move up to the altar, before we move to the liturgy of sacrament. We're not worthy to come to this, your table, merciful Lord. We say, before we move from here to there. Saying it later on in the service doesn't make so much sense to me. I started thinking about that comment on Facebook. I thought, well, actually, that's a fair point looking at the readings. Other people said we don't use the prayer of humble access, but well, we have a short, we use a shortened version really, with behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. Only say the word and I shall be healed. Again, words from scripture, words from the gospels, and emphasis, emphasize that same thing as the prayer of humble access. We're not worthy, but God, you're in control. You only say the word, we'll be healed. We're not worthy. A theme we see in the scriptures time and time again. 
thinking of just those words makes you think of the film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We're not worthy, we're not worthy. Well, no, we're not. I remember Bishop Lindsay Irwin when he was at Walsingham preaching on the L'Oreal adverts. Because you're worth it, they proclaim. And he said, no, you're not. None of us are. And that's the whole point. It's not that we're worthy, it's that we are called by God. Not because of what we've done, but because God loves us. We are not worthy. No, we're not. We can't fool ourselves that we are. When we try and tell ourselves that, well, we're lying to ourselves and everything else. But that's fine. A friend of mine came to preach for me once on a gospel passage. What must I do to, eternal, uh, to inherit eternal life? And his whole point in the sermon was, you're asking the wrong question. What must I do? What can I do? Nothing. You can't do anything to inherit eternal life. It's a gift from God. It's not something that we earn in some way or another. We're not worthy. But even so, God reaches out to us. And this is at the heart of today's gospel reading. Jesus seems to have a change of heart, doesn't he? I've come only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I can't feed you, this food isn't for you. Yes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs under the table. Okay, your faith has saved you, he says. Has Jesus had a change of mind, a change of heart? Or is he testing her somehow? Actually, we don't know, do we? We've got no idea, we can only see these words. Her response emphasised so much, though. Even the dogs eat the crumbs under the table, don't we know? It isn't so useful to have something to eat up the crumbs we drop. It's not a dog in my case, it's a robotic vacuum cleaner. Not quite the same, but actually the crumbs are taken up. It's not meant for them, but well, it's taken. And I think even if we're not viewed as important in some ways, there's still provision. Those who feel they don't deserve anything still, God feeds them. We're reminded there is enough. We are reminded God's provision is there for each and every one of us. No matter who we are, no matter where we've come from, no matter what we've done, there is God's provision for us. We are fed by God. And we're reminded it's not because we've earned it. It's not because of who we are, where we've come from, where, whether we're a Wales rugby fan or a South African rugby fan come to that. No matter how rugby fans here might be feeling about South African rugby fans at this point, probably we need to acknowledge that they also are fed by God, much as you might think, well, it's not fair after that record defeat. God reaches out to each one of us, no matter what. Not because we've earned it, but because God is God. God who loves us each and every one of us indiscriminately, recklessly, inadvisably even, God reaches out and feeds us because God loves us. We are not fit to gather up the crumbs from under God's table. But 
but even so, God's feeding us. Probably not just the crumbs falling accidentally, but it's almost God reaching down and feeding us in the same way that when there's a dog under the table, we take, we don't just drop crumbs, do we? We take stuff off our plate, nice big bit, and sort of reach it down when no one's watching. Or I do anyway. They look up, what can I do? God is doing that to us. And as we hear in Romans, the epistle, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. God is merciful to all, forever. Let us celebrate that. Let us be fed by God in the sacrament, in the scriptures, and in so much more. Let us continue to be shaped into the people that God has created us and called us to be. Let us proclaim this to others for them to celebrate that, to discover that for themselves. And so we'll finish this sermon by saying together the prayer of humble access, which is on page on page 33. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen.